0: All right, this is it. The final hour in the Fan Morning Show. Sports F nine in the fan for your weekend. Kicks off, if you're us. Justin heading up to Muskokes with the boys. Muskokes. To play uh, pond hockey on unfrozen water.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Best of luck. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's going to be... I actually have no idea. I was expecting frozen but layers of snow... Making it's going to be soggy. The ice, like, impossible to play on is what I'm expecting.
0: Can't wait. Sounds maybe like a blast. Someone,
1: maybe there's someone, you know, adjacent who has kept a beautiful You're just going to stumble
0: rink. upon someone with You're a like, pristine hey, ring.
1: Can we jump on there? The skates have to come, even though I'm not very
0: hopeful that we'll end up it. It's not going to look like Nathan Phillips Square this past weekend, I'll tell you that. That was crisp, Clear.
1: Ice. I wasn't paying too much attention. What happened at Ethan Phillips Square? It was just a practice. There was, was an also an practice. event. There um, were two ba- it wasn't a back-to-back days.
0: Saturday was the mascot broomball game, which I commentated.
1: You commentated it? <laughs> so you don't tell me when you do embarrassing things like that. That's like I, embarrassing. That's kind of embarrassing. Yeah, it was, yeah. It wouldn't be embarrassing. If it were me, it would be humiliating. It but was you all can, the mascots. work.
0: All the mascots in the, actually like Ontario region, there was the Kitchener Rangers mascot, the Peterborough Pete's mascot, Niagara CBL's mascot, mm-hmm. um, Argo's. Guess what the Argo's mascot's name is?
1: I should probably know this. I don't though. What is it? Jason. Oh, I, I definitely <laughs> didn't. I definitely didn't know it. it was super
0: random, Jason. Well, I mean, there's, maybe there's a good reason. There is like an Argo knot that was once named Jason. I don't know.
1: I kind of went an Argo knot.
0: Yes. Anyway, his name's Jason. Obviously, Carlton was there. Is Carlton,
1: like a big star, yeah, he's among, a celeb. star among stars. He's a there, celeb.
0: big time. Um, yeah. But anyway, they played a broom ball game out on the ice at Nathan Phillips Square, which I color commentated. Oh, you were
1: color. That's good.
0: No, actually, I was kind of both. I was by myself, so I was okay, doing you play did, by you play did, and you color. Did both? Yeah, I was just basically chirping the mascots. Okay, the raptor was there. Um... Everything. It was really fun. And then the following day, they did their outdoor practice, Maple Leafs on really nice ice. The women did the PWHPA um, skills competition before. Mm-hmm. It was a, a very fun-filled day, and the ice will be completely different than the swamp that you're going to. Yes. Um, we do have our insider on the phone, brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online in the showroom. Visit donvalleynorthlexus.com It's Joshua Cloak, Maple Leafs and Canadian soccer writer at The Athletic and author of The Voyagers. How's it going this morning, Joshua?
2: You know, that's the first time I've been called an insider. I, I feel like <laughs> this morning my only inside job was to, you know, finish up some Peppa Pig stories with, oh, with nice. the kid before breakfast <laughs> and, and get them dressed. I can give you the inside scoop on that, but that's about it.
0: Honestly, I, I need to know what Peppa's up to these days. Uh, what's what's going on in the books with Peppa?
2: Peppa is just one of the friendliest, you know, ch- children's characters <laughs> that exist. She's a she's a distant second to Bluey. I don't okay. know if you guys are into Bluey yet, or if any of the listeners out there no, we're are not into Bluey. Bluey yet. No, not, not quite. Okay, well, well, lucky you guys. But no, Bluey is. We're off on a tangent now, but <laughs> in terms right. of getting through, in terms of getting through the morning, Bluey is a bit of a godsend, and okay. I'm sure there's a few few listeners out there who will attest. Bluey is the one children's show the one my son wants to watch it, maybe not in the morning. We're trying to get ready, but. When he does want to watch it, I will set aside Twitter, I will set aside work, and uh, dig into Bluey. So anyway, some free promo there for a great Australian cartoon. (laughs) That's
1: important. It's important that you can be entertained as well.
0: Okay, this weekend I'm going to read Peppa Pig and your book, The Voyagers. You're going to read Peppa Pig? Can you read Peppa Pig? Isn't there like a a children's book of Peppa Pig too, or no? That's a question for Josh. Anyway, Josh, okay. (laughs) Yeah,
2: when you you develop like a, a brand for kids... You stretch it ac- oh, across yes. all platforms, right? Lunchboxes, boxes,
0: backpacks, cereal
1: it's TikTok accounts, TikTok accounts. <laughs>
0: Okay, well, you did have two great pieces that we can read this week um, at The Athletic. You have Connor Timmins making the most of his opportunity with the Maple Leafs and Matthew Nyes, old-fashioned player with a big part of the Maple Leafs future. Let's start with Matthew Nyes because with trade discussions coming up, his name is just bouncing around the internet, trending every day. Um, you went down, you got to spend some time with him. I want to ask what stands out about him as a person, first of all, because in what I've been reading and what I've been seeing, especially in your articles, he seems really mature, super level-headed and understands, like, the magnitude of the environment that he's getting himself into, the expectations on him, but staying in the moment and trying to finish out his college career, um, which was the original plan in terms of deferring.
2: Yeah, so I went down. I spent uh, three days with him in Minneapolis in January, kind of a glamorous assignment there. Um, And, listen, I went in kind of wondering, you know, I think we all know when you have young, highly-touted athletes, you know, what are we dealing with in terms of ego? What are we dealing with in terms of kind of expectations? What I found was a kid who was remarkably self-aware and a kid who, you know, at a young age has already developed real interests kind of away from the rink. And I think we've all seen it, you know, young prospects, especially in this town, you know, they stick to the script. It's hockey, hockey, hockey. And you know it's it's not a completely fair comparison but like nick robertson comes to mind as a player that was all hockey all the time um and when you try to talk to him about other things you wouldn't you know necessarily get it and this is a player that that felt a lot of pressure to make the maple leafs and what i got with matthew Nice is a player that was really comfortable to kind of develop on his own timeline right this is a player that had opportunities to go to college a year early and he didn't want to he wanted to stick in junior his whole kind of ethos is Let me dominate a level first before I move up. Um, So, you know, just getting to know him as as a person, I found him, like you said, to be really mature. um, Perhaps a little bit green and naive about what's ahead. But I mean, how could he be, you know, fully aware of, you know, what it might be like playing against the Tampa Bay Lightning in a playoff series where if you don't win, people's jobs are on the line. But otherwise, it just strikes. He just strikes me as a guy that is. Is ready for the next step because he's kind of he's not overthinking it, he's not worrying it, and his game, you know, more importantly than all that, I think has evolved to the point that it's it's probably NHL ready, right?
1: Uh, well, we hope so. The Maple Leaf fans certainly hope so, unless he's being <laughs> shipped out, uh, out of town and to another team for a trade deadline acquisition. I, I think that's one of the you know the. the Some journalists are better than others. But when you go on assignment like that, when you talk to someone, when you spend time with someone, you can kind of, you know, grow an attachment, right? You can grow an attachment to someone who you spend time and you get to know because you see their value. And I guess, like, I'm not giving you uh, asking necessarily your opinion on whether or not he should go. But, like, why should Maple Leafs want him to stay based on your conversations and interactions with him?
2: Because... He would probably be their biggest forward, and he, you know, be able to contribute on an entry-level deal for the next three seasons. And the Leafs are always in need of cheapers who can contribute at the NHL level. Um, like, should we expect him to come in and dominate either this year in the playoffs or even perhaps next year? No, but does he project to be, you know, kind of a a second line, maybe third line as his floor? you know, goal scorer who's not going to get bowled over, you know, by the physicality at the NHL level, right? He, I think, the, like I said, the Leafs are always on the hunt for these guys. These guys, these are either like kind of the reclamation projects, the guys that can step in on cheap deals, you know, like the Michael Buntings perhaps. But if you can develop a guy instead, that's important. And, and yeah, I get it. Like this is a year where, you know, if if they don't win, like I said, people's, jobs are on the line and so you should probably, there's a school of thought that you should be going all in. And, you know, if, you, if it costs Matthew Nyes to get Ryan O'Reilly, for example, like, why wouldn't you do that? Mm. But I just think that, that Kyle Dubas has never been afraid to, I mean, there have been some missteps, I'm sure, like we can look at the Nick Felino thing, but I think Kyle Dubas has never been afraid to look forward, you know, with, with every season and not kind of worry about making a, a, a I guess, a panic-induced deal Look, this is a player as well, Matthew Nye's, that wants to be in Toronto, right? I I probably, in in hindsight, should have put that higher up in the story, but he's a player that said twice, like, I was so happy to be drafted by Toronto and I'd love to be in Toronto, Mm. right? So I I know there's some people that worry that, you know, he might go the Adam Fox route and he might want to play somewhere else. But look, this is a player that has the opportunity to play with someone he's genuinely looked up to you know, almost his whole life in, in Austin Matthews, right? They both come from Arizona. That's an opportunity that doesn't come around very often. The, the Leafs staff have been happy with his development. Um, I just, unless we're talking like a Timo Meyer and, and a Timo Meyer that might re-sign, like I, I don't know where the real value is in trading away a player that could develop into, you know, a top six goal scorer long-term, Right.
1: That patience, uh, take it slow approach to development. I mean, that kind of runs yeah. contrary to what we normally see from folks that age. Like it's more, more, more. I want this. I want that. I want to grow up a lot of the time is, is sort of the narrative that you get out of someone that age. How do you think that like ethos, as you put it, uh, was instilled in him?
2: Yeah, I, I think as well, it's just the idea from for him that like, he the thing that he said to me that that really stuck out in terms of you know him being a mature player like he was telling me how he had this he has this fear of failure and that's not something you hear from you know essentially teenagers very often he just for him he's like I don't want to go into a battle along the boards I don't want to go into a game and worry that I didn't do everything possible to to win that check to win that bot to win that battle and he he has a genuine fear of failure so I think for him. When he looked at the prospect of of signing with the Leafs last season, and obviously it was a very real possibility, the Leafs wanted him to join. I think he worried that his development would stall a little bit because there was still that little bit of self doubt within him. And you know, I don't need to tell both of you guys like confidence is probably the most valuable currency in professional sports. So if you don't have it, you know, why kind of rush it? Um, and I, I think he what he did well was was kind of take. Just listen to other people around him, and one of the most interesting things in the story that I learned was that, like, you know, he sought the advice of Shane Doan, who he's quite close with, and Shane Doan was kind of—I don't know if pressuring is the right word—but Shane Doan was kind of telling him, "Look, the NHL is everything. If you if you got a chance to sign, you got to sign." And he was kind of like, "Ah," but he didn't go the college route. Like, I have a chance to to win, and he has a very real chance to win a national championship, you know, at the University of Minnesota this year, and. Again, bringing it back to confidence, like if, if he wins that national championship, don't, don't you want that mm-hmm. kind of confidence from a player coming into, you know, a possible playoff series with Tampa, right? Like, I, I just think, he's, I just think he's, he's done well to kind of seek counsel from those around him and not feel like he has to be on, on anyone else's timeline, if that makes sense.
0: Do they have a shot at winning the national championship? I know the that's the goal, but I haven't been following too close in the standings of the Frozen Four here. But they're still like a month or
2: so away, I believe, right? I mean, they're, they're the number one ranked team in the country, and he's playing on a line mm. with Logan Cooley, who, you know, Logan Cooley, for my money, might be, oh, yeah. you know, the best player outside of the NHL. Um, and J- Jimmy Snuggerud, who is, you know, a first-round pick of the uh, – just a great name, too. Such great name. Uh, <laughs> Of the uh, of the St. Louis Blues, so he's on like the best line in college hockey, and you just watch them as I did, and it just he just dominates mm-hmm. every single shift. Um, so yeah, they have a very real chance, and that that's the thing too. Like, let's say they win the national championship, that would allow him ugh, like three regular season games mm-hmm. with the Leafs, and that's where it does get dicey, right? Like, it's not all. Oh, you know, sunshine and roses in this situation, like he he could sign, and then the expectation might be to you know hop into a playoff series against Tampa with like what two games preparation um so there there will be pressure, and I think he doesn't fully understand yet the pressure ahead of him, but again, how could he um and perhaps maybe they don't play him right maybe they learned from you know the the Nick Robertson thing in the bubble and And they said we rushed him. Let's just have him as our 13th forward, keep him around. You know, maybe he plays one game at home. Um, So we'll see. Uh, But, yeah, very real chance to win a national championship.
0: Awesome. Um, That would be so worth it. And I think uh, Leafs fans would... Take a little bit of a a pause and be like, okay, it was worth not having Matthew Nyes this season because he went and won um, a national championship. So it's all good Um, when he tries well, when he does join this team, whenever that is, um, or if he does in general, it could be a little bit of a different looking roster depending on what happens at the trade deadline. Um, Let's just start with that. Where do you think the Leafs are leaning on going, Um, I guess, less than three weeks away here?
2: You know what was suggested to me the other day, and and it's something I haven't been able to get out of my head, and I wrote about it once at The Athletic. I I almost wonder if Kyle Dubas tries another twofer, like he did last year where you get a forward in Colin Blackwell and a defenseman in Mark Giordano from one team, right? I just wonder if that's a little bit better of a way to kind of manage assets and you have a longer conversation with another GM because I think they need to add both Mm-hmm. Um, I think the forward should be the priority. I think some secondary scoring. Like you do worry if one of their big guys goes down with injury, like the drop off is pretty steep, right? You're going from like you know the top four forwards to like you know the likes of Pierre Engvall and Alex Kerfoot to contribute um, in the playoffs, and I think that is cause for a little bit of concern within the Leafs. Um, so top six forward, top nine forward would be ideal. Someone with scoring punch, and then you'd probably want a defenseman. I know it's kind of cliche and we talk about it a lot, but someone to kind of fill that Jake Muzzin role, a little bit of sandpaper. So, you know, the, and, and again, I don't know if this is a clear upgrade, but it's just an idea. You know, you wonder if you could get like a Connor Garland and Luke Shen from Vancouver, mm-hmm. right? And it's to me, that's a better way to, to to manage assets, right? Because again, you're just having one conversation with one GM you, you figure out what that person wants, and, and maybe you don't have to give away, you know, your first round pick. Maybe you don't even have to give away a, a super top prospect to do that. So we've seen Kyle Dubas do that before. We saw him do it with L.A. a few years ago. That's a route I wonder if he takes, right, if you get all your shopping done in one stop. Uh, it's easier said than done, but I think you do need to add in both those places, Um and the more you kind of stretch it out, and it's almost like, you know, the more you present yourself with with different options, the harder it becomes, if that makes sense. Um, so we'll see. But I, I think the forward is a priority, but I think they'd like to add on the blue line as well.
1: Yeah, I think you nailed it. I think being perfect, like going and identifying one asset, one perfect acquisition for this, one perfect acquisition for that, that's well, going to cost a lot of money. And I think if you do the two-four or you do the one-stop shop, you can kind of like Maybe get a throw in. You can kind of hide an asset. You can kind of make it so the lines are a little bit more blurred in terms of what this asset cost, what you had to pay for this player, and I think that can that can definitely help Kyle Dubas here. And patience might be the right approach as well. Again, like they waited a little while to get Giordano and Blackwell last time, and it turned out into a, a pretty sizable investment and a long-term partnership here with Giordano that could actually extend maybe even beyond uh, his playing career in Toronto, given that he's a Toronto guy who wants to be here. Um, when you go for that package, though, uh, it, it makes it demands that the team that you're dealing with has the proper assets. And after Chicago, the Chicago game, we were trying to put that together, right? We're trying to see does Chicago have the parts that you actually would want that would make sense in a big deal? And ultimately, at the end of that exercise, we decided, well, this isn't worth it. It's <laughs> not like Jake McCabe's not that good, and Max Domi's not going to give you enough. And Sam Lafferty might be a good a a good player that could fit into the bottom four or bottom two lines. But are you really, really wanting to sink assets into that? So I guess if you're circling around an ideal trade partner, you did outline the Vancouver Canucks. But is there another team Does San Jose make any sense? Are are there assets in Arizona? It feels like you might have to involve one of the teams that's aiming to be non-competitive in order to get this done. And despite like their big names on the market, there aren't that many bad teams with a lot that you'd be looking for. It's on Kyle Dubis to find uh, maybe that team in that situation. Is there any? Is there a team that's worth looking to try and take advantage of their situation right now, where they don't mind being bad because Connor Bedard's around the corner?
2: Well, you mentioned them, and and it was something I was thinking about writing about. Like, I think I'm a little higher on Sam Lafferty than most, and I, I do think the Chicago one is interesting because. You know they'll have them what twice within the span of four days. Um, I don't. You're right. I don't know if Sam Lafferty is is a ideal top six winger, um, but what it does give you is the opportunity to you know to maybe move someone up and and give them kind of a longer run in that top six. Um, but so Chicago is one that that I think about. You know Jake McCabe, like you said, didn't have a great game. I mean, we should probably just address the elephant in the room and that that big elephant that's going to be there until. He gets moved. Like, do, do the Leafs really want Timo Meyer, and are, are they ready to go all in on him, or, or is this just like kind of a a pipe dream? Like they've they've called on him, but like, what's it worth? What's Timo? What's what's a roll of the dice for Timo Meyer worth? If you don't know if you can re-sign him, or if it's going to force you to ship out like a William Nylander to make it work. Like I, I guess I guess I'm still torn, if I'm being honest, on the idea of like, do you do you feel you have to go all in once again, or do you really think you know do you, should you not maybe try and get the most out of this core over this year and next year as you can? Yeah. Right. Like I I don't know. I I'll be honest. I'm I'm torn. Well, well, that's uh-huh. why.
1: Sorry to interrupt. I was just going to say that's my number one rule. We had Justin Bourne on earlier, and he's, his number one rule before the deadline is no half measures. My number one rule before the deadline is you can't impact next season. You cannot trade away everything so that you are less likely to win next year when Boston is less likely to be as good. in Tampa, you would think, eventually has to at least have some sort of decline, although crossing your fingers <laughs> waiting for that doesn't seem to be uh, something worth doing or a fool's errand rather. Uh, if you had number a uh, number one rule, like what is one guideline they have to follow uh, before the deadline to make sure that they don't make a big mistake?
2: Don't trade your, your best prospects, right? Don't, because to me, that sets a really dangerous precedent. And I know we're talking about Matthew and but I, I would have said that had I not, you know, gone down and, and hung out in beautiful Minneapolis for a few days with them. Like, don't trade your, your top prospects because it, it, it comes back to bite you more often than not and it's 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 very diff, it's very easy to go to fall into that that route where you're kind of saying like we got to win right now we got to win right now and you know the next thing you know your prospect pool is depleted and to me like the leafs have done such an incredible job of of stocking their development staff putting all these resources into development and then to kind of you know, to me, it's the idea of like you 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 get all the best kitchen tools possible. You get you get every the best frying pan on the market, the best oven on the market, and then you don't have any ingredients to cook with, right? To me, like that, that's where I'm at. Is is if your best prospects, and I'm talking about Matthew Nyes and Topi Niemla, if they can help you sooner rather than later, don't don't trade them away. Just you know, so you can roll the dice with a player or that that might only give you, what, 15, 20 games. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a danger in that for me, but I'm also, like, the worst person to hang out with in Vegas. <laughs> like, I, I, I really... Like, if I go up 20 bucks in, in Vegas, I, I'm literally like, I'm out. That's I, responsible, I, that's, no worries. No, it's boring is what it is. <laughs> I know that. I know that. But that that's kind of my ethos, um, and that that's where I'm at. Like, I, I think it would be a mistake... To trade Matthew Nyes, I think it would probably even be a mistake to trade Topi Niemeyer because he's probably closer to the NHL than I think people think. And their window does not close this year, right? They went in on Nick Felino a few years ago because they looked at that bubble route and they said it's never going to get any easier, mm-hmm. right? Like they should have beat Montreal. They should have gone... I know people don't want to rehash this, but they should have gone to the conference finals this year yeah. or that year. Yeah. And I, I get that that their route is, is, is harder this year. So going all in and, and throwing away your, your chips for next year, oof, to me, that's dangerous.
1: Yeah. I think the only compromise there is you spend your top prospect now to help you for two, three years, like if Jacob Chikrin, like, uh, you know what I mean? Like uh, Kipper talked sure. about Ch- Chikrin and Kraus in a major deal. It has to involve knives and it helps you for multiple seasons. Maybe those guys are retained because they don't want to be good. Like that, those are the conditions where you can bolster this window rather than this season. I think it makes a lot of sense, but ultimately it will come down to the core four, right? It's those, those four guys are going to take this team as far as it's going to go. And I wonder if you see, the key pieces of this team, do you see anything different in them? Do you see a difference in their attitude, their game? Do you see anything that leads you to believe that this year will be different because those four will necessitate that it is?
2: I mean, you are, you are always looking for that kind of stuff. I see more of a, a seriousness. um, And I see more of a a seriousness, kind of a business like demeanor across the board. I mean, these aren't the, this isn't the person you asked about, but I see a, a real hardened, approach from sheldon keith this year i don't know if nasty is the right word but he he's really not content you know with with just okay um i think he believes that this group has the capacity to go deep and so you see him leaning on them a little harder than he might have in the past um look i mean i see more of a a a serious kind of leadership type role from from William Nylander like you watch him he's he's getting involved more with younger players um he's on the ice earlier he's leaving the ice later um so I mean he's having a fantastic year um probably his best year in the NHL um Mitch Marner is is Mitch Marner but what I just see from all of them is a little more resolve a little more focus right they're not slipping into those long losing streaks that they might have in the past um but again like uh, is that going to matter against Tampa Bay? Is that going to matter against Boston? We'll see. But it just feels like it's a it's they're they're a little more hardened than last season, if that makes sense.
0: We're speaking with Joshua Cloak, Maple Leafs and Canadian soccer writer at The Athletic. So let's talk about that Canadian soccer situation. Um, last night they play in the SheBelieves Cup and drops the first game, obviously two nothing to the United States. But off the pitch, more important things happening here. Break it down for us a bit because it's, it's at times a bit murky trying to understand the major conflict that's happening here. What do you believe are the primary issues that are facing uh, Canada soccer right now in terms of their relationship with the women's side? And I guess at times with the men's side as well, but primarily the women right now.
2: So there's two things at, at play here. The big one that I think everybody is talking about, rightfully so, is pay equity. Right, The women want to be paid the same match fees as the men. And I think that's that's justified. You know, when you're talking about you know a national sport organization for sure. Um, and and the men have kind of entered the 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 popular vernacular around these parts because they went to a World Cup and we all tuned in. And I talked to you guys when I was there, and it was it was a huge story. It was one of the, you know the biggest stories of the year. But the women have been doing that and and performing at that level for so much longer, right? Olympic gold medal champion. So they want to be paid like the men, but I and, and that's kind of front of mind. That's the easy one to talk about. But the second thing that I think is worth discussing and is, is worth kind of reminding people is there's a need, not just with the women, but with the men as well, for transparency with Canada soccer in terms of their finances. There's a lot of questions that players have about why budgets are being cut this year, when the men's and women's national teams have never been more popular, and they're raising serious sponsorship dollars from premier partners, and yet the money isn't there, isn't going to be there in 2023 the way it was in 2022. So I think there's a lot of concern from players about whether or not Canada Soccer is being fully transparent with their finances, right? They have a deal, and you're right, this is where it gets murky, but they have a deal with a company called CSB, Canadian Soccer Business, that was created in 2018 and Canadian soccer business handles all of the sponsorship and media rights that Canada soccer gets they pay Canada soccer a flat fee every year so you know let's say Canada soccer goes out and signs a, a huge new deal with I don't know Visa or MasterCard or something like that that money doesn't necessarily all go to the players it goes to Canada Soccer Business, which funds the Canadian Premier League. And I think there's a lot of frustration with within the players that, you know, how, how come we're the ones kind of driving interest and we're not necessarily seeing the money? But if you're Canada Soccer, you, you're going to say, look, in 2018 when we signed this deal, you guys weren't nearly as popular as you were, and we had to take some kind of deal to start generating real money not just for the national teams, but for all of Canada soccer's programs. So that's where I think the frustration is, is, is that lack of transparency. Um, it, you know, it looks like Canada soccer is going to be called in front of parliament to, to testify and kind of outline the, the true nature of this CSB deal. Um, and I think that'll be good for Canadians to kind of learn more about it and learn a little bit more about the realities that, you know, our men's and women's national teams have to deal with. Um, because I, I think they'll be in for a bit of a wake-up call. Like, Canada Soccer is, look, they're, they're dealing with what they have to work with, too. This is not an organization like, like U.S. Soccer Federation that is rolling in cash, right? Soccer yeah. has been a fringe sport for years. Um, so there's a lot at play here. But, you know, pay equity and, and transparency is is definitely at the forefront.
1: Yeah, I think that's important insight because, like, I, I can't believe anything, like, nefarious would be going on, right? Like, I, I think th- this organization wants to be upstanding. However, I think they're withholding uh, the information that everyone wants because mistakes have been made. Like, that, I, I can't shake the fact that, you know— Whether what what it it is they're hiding, whether it's ineptitude or misuse of funds or an organization stretched too thin, like it seems they don't want people to know what's behind the curtain because they either haven't done, frankly, a good enough job, or they they just don't want to admit that like this is the situation they're at. Right? Like, is is that part of it? Where it's just like you don't want to see what's under the hood because, frankly, it's pretty ugly under there.
2: Well, I think it also just. Like the 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 roots of this deal just run really deep, right? Like I, I know the Canadian Premier League is is not something, you know, we talk about on morning sports radio because it's a it's a it's a young league, right? It started in twenty nineteen, um, but the idea of giving you know young Canadian players across Canada real genuine professional experience in a way that they hadn't had like for a generation previous that's really really important and that money helps fund the the canadian premier league in a big way and and again it's very very early but you know we're seeing we saw tangible results we saw joel waterman make the world cup squad and this is a player that got his start in the canadian premier league so i think in terms of looking under the hood i think it would get maybe a bit confusing for people to understand well you know, why does money that the, the men's national team and these huge global stars like Alfonso Davies, why does money that he essentially raises, you know, from whatever, like I said, Visa, MasterCard, why does that fund, you know, a, a 17-year-old who's playing, you know, in, in Winnipeg, for example? Um, so I I think that's why. Like it, it would be like me trying to look under the hood of my Tiguan. I don't know what the hell's going on in there, <laughs> yeah. but, but, but I know it helps me get from, from point A to point B. Um, so I, I think that's where some of the frustration comes from is that like people don't know what's going on, but I think, I think Canada soccer's intentions are good. And I just don't think there's a lot of money for them to work with. Um, and I mean, they're an easy target. right like that people are always going to side with the players and i get that um optically things are bad for canada soccer um so hopefully some some answers come maybe when they're they're pulled in front of parliament uh we don't hear a lot from them in the media which i guess is frustrating for people but um yeah i i think there's still just a lot of questions to be answered
1: a last one for you, and we've kept you long, so we appreciate the time. Uh, just simply, do you worry about twenty twenty six? I mean, I, we can worry about twenty twenty three right now. I think we're for the women for sure, but do you worry about twenty twenty six?
2: Like in what way? What, what like what like about whether just, the team is good or whether...
1: the path we're on here? Whether or not you know what's happening and uh, the inability for this organization to keep everyone happy and to keep developing and keep working will hurt. The team's chances to perform in 2026, because I think we can already safely s- assume that it's going to hurt the women's team this summer at the World
2: Cup. Well, it's it's I, I think it it could definitely hurt the women's team at the World Cup. If you watch them at the Sheba Believes Cup last night, yeah. they looked exhausted and mm-hmm. they, they said that afterwards. They're like, we are drained. Right. Um, so hopefully things get resolved. I guess my answer, yes and no. Like, look at South of the Border. Look at the Shakespearean drama that's going on with the U.S. Soccer Federation, you know, and taught that the parents of top players trying to get a coach fired, right? And and I think we all expect the U.S. team to to go out and do, you know, reasonably well at the 2026 World Cup because the talent is there. Like, I'm always going to bet on talent, and you know, Alfonso Davies, Jonathan David tajon buchanan those players are going to be in their prime in 2026 so i guess that kind of puts my worries a little bit at ease but i think that the worry is that like are are those players going to be happy and are they going to feel like they're supported um i think it's still just a little bit far away right? right that i guess that is my answer um And the way that Canada soccer and and the men's and women's teams, the way that that they're going to look in essentially three and a quarter years, like go back three and a quarter years, how different did the men's team look, right, in in 2020? Nobody really thought they had a chance to go to the World Cup. So, so much can happen. And I I, I think, like I said, I'm going to bet on talent. You know, the the team's best players are going to be in their prime. I think there's still more talent coming up through the pipeline. It's just whether or not those players feel supported, you know, every time they take the pitch for Canada.
1: Uh, You are our insider, Josh, because you can stick handle two sports uh, beautifully. We appreciate the time. We appreciate uh, uh, dealing with both sports. And uh, everyone should go read your articles, both on Matthew Nyes and Connor Timmons at The Athletic. Thanks again for jumping on with us, and we will chat again soon.
0: Go put Bluey back on. on. Yeah, And
1: and, and Bluey
2: Insight. Bluey uh, and Peppa. Lots of stuff. Lots going on. I think my kid actually just walked out the front door. I hope someone's with him. So, okay, yeah, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, go. yeah, Get going, Josh. Go.
1: <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. Uh, that's Josh Cloak, uh, who covers the Maple Leafs and Canadian soccer at The Athletic, and, of course, is the author of The Voyagers. What? In Our Insider. What's going on? Oh, In Our Insider, brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit donvalleynorthlexus.com. He's going
0: to wrangle that kid.
1: Yeah, pretty important that he doesn't just... He? Was it he? I think he said son. Doesn't just walk out the door.
0: Um, Bluey, apparently, is a very popular in the text line. Bluey. Never heard of Bluey, but Bluey's all the rage, so.
1: I think that's key. It's key that if, if, if the uh, the athlete, the adult and kid can be entertained, uh, that's important. I think that's a good thing.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, we got the wake and break on the other side of the break. No Toronto sports today, but we have the NBA All-Star headed... Full of content, rising stars game, all star game, plus the competitions as well. Um we've got PJ update and there's a host of Saturday night live that we have to share.
1: A lot to do in the wake and rake. In That's a short next.
0: wake and rake. Yep, we we're gonna rip through it. You have five minutes to send in your picks though at five ninety five ninety, and we'll get to that on the other side of the break.
1: Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Wake up! Now it's time for Wake and Rake. You
1: could be raking in the dough with your kind of accuracy.
0: Show me the money! With Ailish and Justin. All right, lots of set up this weekend in sports. kind of like your alt parlay all weekend long.
1: It's an old parlay bonanza this weekend.
0: (laughs) You've used bonanza quite a lot lately. It's a good word. It's
1: one of the few things I bring to the show. I
0: like when you add new words into your vernacular.
1: Think I added bonanza? Bonanza's been in the old brain for a while, I haven't heard you say that once. You can't say bonanza without a bonanza. And we have a bonanza this weekend.
0: (laughs) So we have the All-Star game, the Rising Stars game, three-point contest, slam dunk contest, and the All-Star celebrity game.
1: Do you have any bets for All-Star Weekend?
0: I My best bet actually comes from the All-Star Celebrity Game. Does it? Yes. So it's Team Ryan Smith versus Team Dwayne Wade.
1: Okay. I, I feel like there's an advantage there with Dwayne.
0: The Team Dwayne roster is stacked, okay? I just I can't believe that they would put this out there. Our friend, our favorite Peloton instructor, Alex Toussaint. I was going to say,
1: what team is he on?
0: Alex Toussaint on Team Dwayne. He's a stud. He's a Absolute weapon. What's the line? I can't 21 see 21 Savage have it? is on that team. Um, DK Metcalf is on that team. Simu Liu is on that team. Nikki Jam. Simu's been training. He's an elite basketball player. Janelle Monet. I don't even know some of these players' names, but they look like a better team than on the other side. We have... Was it Cabby's
1: got the squad Right. Kane Brown. I'm going... I, I I ride out... Like, Tucson is my guy.
0: Albert Pujols is on the I'm other team, Tucson. though.
1: i Tucson. Albert Pujols is he can't nah, come on.
0: Anyway, it's not Maybe, even there close. Are, there are
1: multi-sport athletes out there, but he's he's an older gentleman, and he's you exactly. he can still hit a hit a baseball. I don't. I'm not sure he can compete with a, the likes of Alec Tucson on the basketball court, though.
0: Team Dwayne is my best bet of the weekend. That's got to
1: be you. Got to be laying the chalk to get there's Dwayne no, Wade, though. Yeah, Dwayne Wade's team. Who's I, Ryan Smith? Am I? Am he I a moron?
0: Is Utah Jazz team? Governor. Oh gosh. And three-time NBA champion yeah, think, Dwayne Wade I, on the I other think,
1: side. I think I'll go with Dwayne Wade.
0: And the coaches for Dwayne Wade's team, Giannis, his brothers, and Lindsey Vaughn. Well, the other coaches are WNBA legend Lisa Leslie, Pretty rapper good. Fat Joe. <laughs> And what? Astros third baseman. When's the last why time did you saw Lisa Leslie of Fat get no Joe? sold?
1: And then <laughs> Fat Joe was like, Are you kidding me? Fat Joe? Fat Joe. You're not Fat Joe.
0: Astros third baseman Alex Bregman okay. are the coaches for Team Ryan. Anyway. It's
1: anyway, random. Is that I not really random?
0: So it's random, but Team Dwayne is going to smash it. Um, they're my best bet for the weekend. Okay, I
1: got one bet at the All Star weekend. That's Mac McClung to win the dunk contest. Wow. Brian Anderson, the real Brian Anderson. That's right who we spoke to at 7 a.m. or yesterday and we talked and we roll it uh, at 7 a.m. Anyway, Brian Anderson conversation. He was jacked up for for uh, Mac McClung uh, to win the dunk contest. I heard him talking about how he's he's doing two things we've never seen. Well, now, he's some, the favorite. Sometimes so. that stuff, but you're still minus one ten. I mean, that's not bad. You're not laying Dwayne Wade chalk to get Mac McClung. I'm going Mac McClung. He's going to show us something we haven't seen. Hopefully, that's actually something cool and not something lame that we haven't seen because sometimes it's that.
0: Okay, um, we have three point contest is pretty stacked. We have some bets for Laurie Markkinen, though. Um, Bit of an underdog, plus 650. We got a couple text lines in for...
1: home cooking's a big thing, right? Lori Markkinen. Who who won the MVP at the NHL All-Star Game in Florida? Matthew Kachuk. Rigged. Matthew Kachuk. And Dylan Larkin was out there playing like he wanted it, and he still didn't get it. So, Laurie Markkinen, is not a bad idea. Although, I don't know, a lot of guys... Like, people want the NBA... All-star MVP more than the NHL players want the NHL Mm. all-star MVP, unless you're Dylan Larkin. So there might be some more competition for that.
0: Okay, um, lots of fun. Tonight is the Rising Stars game as well. So you get to see some young studs make their way into the NBA or make their impression um, already. So that's exciting to tee up as well. We got the PGA in full swing here. um, 10-24, Tigers group tees off. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you have any best bets from today in golf. Nobody in the text line did. No, and you so were you calling on watching. it. But
1: I'll give you the three way money line though between Rory, Justin, and Tiger. Mm-hmm. Rory the favorite at plus one hundred and ten. JT plus one hundred and seventy. Tiger plus three hundred. I believe Rory won the three ball yesterday out of the three. So if you got if you you don't think Tiger Wood can win the tournament, you think he's going to outplay his. Younger counterparts here today. Uh, Plus 300 on Tiger Woods to have the best round. If he gets the best round there, he's making the cut. And I think that cash at what? Plus 150 for him to make the cut if if he does in fact Mm -hmm. do that. So Tiger, there's reason to watch Tiger today. 100%.
0: So no Toronto sports. Maple Leafs play Hockey Day in Canada tomorrow against Montreal Canadiens at home. But let's go through our anchor picks because we got... Quite a few to add to our parlay today. So I'll start. um, Dylan Brooks under. Gary from Caledon. Oops, sorry, it's the All-Star break. (laughs) I like that Dallas Stars money line. Ottinger has been a fantasy winner for me. And Mark to win the three-point contest.
1: Oh, was that 650 for the three-point or MVP? That was three-point. Oh, my bad. Uh, We should look at the MVP uh, because, of course, that's the one subjective thing that... uh he could potentially win this weekend. Anyway, uh, next one. Keeping it simple, Blackhawks are in full Bedard sweepstakes mode. I'm feeling that. Senators in regulation over the Blackhawks. That's Dave and Barry. And Dave and Barry, that's also my choice. I've nice. got the Senators in regulation tonight to try and go 5-0 and oh this week. Ooh. Come on, Senators. We need you. I think it's minus 130, at least when I got it this morning. So, Senators... Regulation beat the Blackhawks. We might be just fading the Blackhawks for the rest of the season. I think that's going to be a profitable decision if we ind- indeed and in fact do that.
0: Okay, veto from Stouffville. Sidney Crosby anytime goal plus one fifty two. Well, we can't veto that pick. So the
1: key there, <laughs> nice. Uh, the key there is the Penguins and Islanders are doing battle, and Sid crushes the Islanders. So I'm um, I'm with that one. Okay, Neil from Newfoundland licking his wounds a little bit this morning. Can't believe he busted the third straight wake and rake. What a great time for CC Pass to leave his back end at home. Uh, but he does have an underdog that he likes to try and make up for it. Sakari, plus 130 on the money line against Jessica Pagula. Sakari beat Pagula in the tournament last year. Loves the slower core conditions in Doha. That's the sort of analysis you get only on the wake and rake. This match could start early at 830. So I guess that analysis uh, is not timely. If it's still available, Sakari is Neil's pick for the ATP. But he today. followed
0: up with another pick that he likes since this might not come to air in, in oh, there terms. You go. It's Medvedev over Felix one and a half games. Medvedev oh, holds a 4-0 oh record against Felix.
1: baiting um, Felix. That's do we want to do that? Can't we do may that. have already done that. Uh, next one, <laughs> Rangers and Edmonton over Bookett. That's Buff Daddy from Stouffville. He's apparently friends with Ron and Juliana, so he's a friend of ours.
0: Buff Daddy knew the text line. And Buff Daddy, that's also my pick, so love it already. Good morning. There's no basketball on the card today, so I'll go to the NHL and take Ryan Nugent Hopkins to score an anytime goal at plus 215. Juliana will take the over in the Penguins and Islanders, which is at 5.5. We'll be listening intently for Neil's picks today. That's Ron and Juliana.
1: And it's Medvedev, and if you get it, Sakari. Uh, Eric from Burlington, I like the over 6.5 Rangers Oilers. I nice. don't know how long it will last at that number. It is Igor tonight, though, isn't it? Yep. Igor, that's fine. Igor in a seven? That's uh, I, I can't see a seven. That's right. There's Jack up. Campbell on the other uh, side. If you don't like that, Rangers' money line, they are on fire. They are. I'll do my evaluation of the Scotties' tournament of hearts this go. weekend. Might hit you with some early curling picks. Uh, if you want to pry one from me tonight, however, he says Canada minus four and a half over Quebec. Canada. Facing Quebec. Quebec is normally abysmal. And team Inersen is going for four Scotties in a row. This game should be a route for Everyone Canada over root. Quebec.
0: That one time I said route instead of route. I just wanted to. Hell yeah, I did. Crosby to score. Plus 152. Hammer that. He always torches the Islanders. That's another Crosby to score pick. And then I'll go last year with good morning, Corey from Port Hope. I like Alex cat over goals um, at plus 135. He plays against his former team at home. So you know he's going to be pressing big time.
1: That's a good point. I think you can maybe stack to at with my senator's pick, and that, mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. I think we have to play Sid because that's he's fun. plus 150 and we have two, but do we want to put him in the – that's aggressive for the – It's
0: aggressive. It's I think a, that's a sub. Like, you do that on your own. Okay.
1: So, uh, yeah. We'll uh, put a Sid solo. Solo Sid.
0: And you can also do the solo Ryan Nugent Hopkins goal and the solo DeBrincat goal if you feel like a little parlay. Um,
1: okay, so where does that leave us? You like the over between the Rangers and Oilers? So we're doing that. That's also I'm a text line pick. Senators. I will give you the chance to pick the anchor.
0: Well, I'm left with other Crosby to score, Alex DeBrincat to score, Nugent Hopkins to score, or the over in the Penguins-Islanders game. So I guess we should go over or, the Penguins-Islanders. Or Medvedev. We just picked Anilia. Or we,
1: we put Sid in there and get real aggressive and try to win a banger. To you know close what? The week.
0: That's fun. Let's do that.
1: Okay. Sidney <laughs> Crosby to score. Because
0: then we were just watching Crosby to put the puck in the net. There's a few things I like more than that.
1: And this is a tried and true thing. He always scores against the Islanders.
0: And if you don't feel that it. spicy, well, then go your own way. So we have Oilers and Rangers over six and a half. Ottawa Senators on the three-way money line. Sidney Crosby to score tonight. Anytime goal. Plus 8-10. I love That's it. That's a spicy wake and rake. And you asked about the um, odds for marketing to get MVP, seeing it plus twenty two hundred. Oh,
1: I'm playing that. There you go. I'm playing how can you not play that? For if sure. he has a good game in Utah, Ty goes to the the guy playing on home court.
0: Some books are even seeing it at plus three thousand, just so you know. Okay. So we Shop sprinkle. around,
1: shop around for that. Just five bucks.
0: What are you doing Saturday night? Are you watching Travis Kelsey host Saturday Night Live?
1: Maybe. Are well, you?
0: I'm going to do it just for the content because yeah. I know Monday I mean, morning gonna, something's gonna, coming it, out on the it'll A-list. It'll have to be on the A-list, right? It'll be you gotta, an A-list you gotta, moment. You,
1: gotta, you could wait for the highlights, but the A-list takes, yeah, I don't, I don't think people give you enough credit for how much effort <laughs> goes into the A-list. Mm-hmm. It's not just about cherry picking something that goes uh, viral on social media. It's you do, you're in the dirt, you're doing the work <laughs> and you're figuring out what. Maybe a little gem that you can mine yourself. So I, I, I trust you'll be watching it.
0: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm trying to figure out uh, exactly if I like Travis Kelsey or not. You know, really? <laughs> well, because he's he's kind of. Uh, kind I gotta say, you
1: you saw him with his brother, and when he said yes, she's said, the heavyweight champ, or she was she was the heavyweight champ, man. When they were talking to him, and, and they were tearing up, yeah. that almost got me. The heavyweight well, no, champ. No, no line I said I loved me.
0: that. She was the heavyweight sure. champ. Man. The two of them are. A beautiful story of brotherhood. But when he got on the mic and said, nobody respects the Chiefs and give us, put some respect You don't like the name. pro
1: wrestling heel, Travis Kelsey. Yes,
0: I think that's it. He's also, um, he's hosting with Kelsey Ballerini as the musical.
1: Kelsey Overload. A
0: big Kelsey night. It's like the Kelsey Bowl all over again.
1: Yeah. Do you think Jason makes an appearance? Over, under 0.5 appearances for Jason Kelsey. I think he makes an appearance. Probably.
0: That's actually, that's a good, it's a good bet. Thank you. Oh, and the mom will be there for sure. Oh, she'll be in the crowd for It'll sure. Be the whole family event. For sure. All right, sure, well, sure. you got a full weekend of NBA action in Utah. You've got the Genesis Invitational cooking along here. Maple Leafs play the Montreal Canadiens Saturday night, Hockey Night in Canada, original six battle between to get a victory two over those guys. spicy rivals. And then they play again the next day against the Chicago Blackhawks on the road. So you got two Maple Leafs games Saturday and Sunday. Obviously, no Raptors in action, but Pascal. A reserve for this weekend's NBA All Star Weekend, so keep an eye on him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a year weekend. Sounds good to me. Sounds like a blast. Enjoy well,
1: yourself. Stay safe.
0: You as well, Justin. Have fun at the cottage. I will bring slippers. I got you. Be safe on the ice, okay? Make sure you test appropriately. Yes. We need a a co-host on Monday morning. Just jump
1: on it and see if I fall through?
0: (laughs) We do need a co-host on Monday morning, so please be here. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Great week on the Fan Morning Show. We'll be back Monday. Have a nice weekend.